welcome to the Human Experience Podcast. My name is Sydney Hewitt, and today we have a very special guest, one of the dopest humans I know. She's a professional runner, currently living the van life, and happens to be one of the sweetest, most down-to-earth women I know. Jordan, thanks so much for being here. Oh my gosh, thank you for such a nice intro. Of course, of course. Yeah, I'd love if you could give a little bit more context on what your life looks like right now. Yeah, sure. So my partner Chase and I were living in Golden for a little while and we moved into our truck full time in April. So it's been about six months now um, since we've been living in the truck. And we started our own media agency where we're basically curating campaigns for different brands and companies. Um, I'm racing full time and yeah, we're kind of dabbling in that whole space and still figuring out, you know, what it is we're doing, but making it sustainable while we're living out of the truck. So it's been, it's been a fun year so far. That's awesome. Yeah. It's been so cool to keep up with all of your posts on Instagram and like get a little glimpse into the van life and your runs are so intense for anyone who doesn't see what you're doing and have context. And I'm curious, like first and foremost, how have you stayed motivated? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. So I think let's start with racing. So this is my first year racing full-time and racing professionally. And so for me, Coming up to this point too, I race in ultras, which is anything beyond a marathon usually starts at 50K, then 50 miles, then 100K, then 100 mile distances. And because they're a lot longer, I'd only have a couple of them a year. Whereas this year doing the Cirque series, those races are no more than 10 miles. So I've had, I think, seven races this year, and that's more than I've ever done in a year. So it's been a really long race season this far. And to be totally honest, I was telling Chase this, you know, at the last race in Targi, I was like, I'm tired. Like I'm ready to, you know, kind of have winter and be able to just dive into training. And I think part of that is I've learned so much from this race season that I'm ready to just like dive into training and dive into, um, you know, kind of the winter season so that I can be more prepared and better equipped to race for next year. And so it's not necessarily a lack of motivation. It's more so I'm more motivated for something else now other than racing. Like I really want to dive into training instead of racing. And so that's, that's kind of where I'm at right now. But this entire year has been really just me experimenting with racing. And so for these last two races, I'm like, okay, let's really experiment with, you know, food and music and do I even like music running and racing that's something I've never done before but this next race I'm going to try it and just see if I like it and so I think being able to be playful and experimental is keeping me a little bit motivated to finish out this season for training that's a little tricky it depends on what phase I'm in if I'm in the first half of my phase right so like follicular and ovulating I'm usually really inspired to work out and I'm excited and I have so much energy that it really isn't that much of an issue. It's where I get to the second part of my phase where I'm like, okay, if I really feel like, hey, I'm exhausted and I don't want to go run, I won't go run. Like I'm pretty in tune with my body and I'll listen to that. And I know that that's kind of controversial as like an athlete, like you feel like you need to be go, go, go all the time. But like, 
I don't do that. So I think being in tune with my cycle is a big part of my training. And I, I think that keeps me motivated too, because then it allows me to go into different training phases, I guess, if that makes sense. Right. So that first half, super high intensity, I got my hill repeats and my sprints and like, I have a lot of energy. So I'm excited for that. And then when I get into that second half of the phase, I'm like, okay, I'm tired. Let's work on mobility, which is something that like every runner listening to this, they know that they don't stretch. They know they're not rolling out and doing the mobility stuff they're supposed to be doing. And being in the second half of my phase kind of allows me to do that and makes me feel excited to do that too. So I think that's where that motivation kind of lies as well. Thank you for giving that context. And I love that you brought in a woman's cycle because that's something I've been really in tune with recently. Love the first half of my cycle when I'm filled with energy, (laughs) but like actually allowing myself to rest was really hard. And so I just love that you're bringing that up and tuning into your body, even as an athlete who's like actively competing. I'm just so curious, like when you're actually running for these long distances and maybe your mind is like, damn, I just don't want to be running in this moment. Like, do you have that? And if so, do you have like go-to thoughts that you rely on to pump yourself up? Or yeah, I guess I'm just curious about your internal dialogue when you're on these like long distance runs. Yeah, for sure. I think some days you have great days and you're so excited and you're, you know, feeling that high and like, it's not an issue to run or push pace at all. But there's definitely days where I'm like, oh man, like, I don't want to be here. Like, I want this race to be over. I'm done with this. But before I go into any race, all I can do is the best that I have that day. That's it. Like I, if I have a race coming up, right. All I can do is my best that day. And if I do my best, which you know, when you do your best, right. You know, if you're putting in all of your effort and if you are, then that's all you can give that day. And so I think that that really helps with that type of mindset when you're, you know, maybe not feeling like you want to be there where you want to push through it. It's like, okay, but am I giving my best to bring everything out of this race or workout? And if I am, then I'm, I'm pretty happy with that. But I'll have like little mantras or things, you know, to say to myself in my head to like keep going. And for the last mile of racing, like that's when I am cooking, I'm pushing, you know, like the last mile or two, I'm like running literally as hard as I can. I feel like I'm about to throw up. Like that's when I'm ready to be done. But in the back of my mind, I'm like, okay, one more Jersey, like just catch one more person, one more person. And then they, you know, it keeps rolling. And so I don't know, having those little mantras definitely help to keep you uh kind of pushing through that type of stuff too Mm, I love that the idea of just like the small goals like one more person I think I feel like it keeps you present too I can only see what's in front of me and tackle what's in front of me right now so it makes it feel a lot manageable too that's so important so I mean this experience that you have right now is so unique And I'm curious, like, what's one lesson that you've learned so far? I've learned so much this year. That's like the common theme that Chase and I talk about. We're like, oh my God, we have learned so much in like quitting our jobs and starting this business, living out of the truck and, you know, racing full time, like learned so, so much. I would say the biggest thing, things are allowed to take time. And I am the most impatient person on this planet. And so- (laughs) That was a really hard concept for me to grasp, especially because I'm like, go, go, go. I can get it all done now. I want to get it all done now. And just like, ah, you know, but I think 
that's been a really common um, lesson and theme this year is like things are allowed to take time. It's going to take you, you know, twice as long to write that email. This training session might take you longer than you planned for. Rolling out takes longer than you want it to. Like everything is allowed to take time. Like it doesn't need to be so quick. And I think, you know, we're so used to that, like that quick fix and satisfaction in society that when anything takes longer, it almost feels guilty. That's been a really big thing for both of us this year. It's hard because, you know, you see all of these beautiful and curated, you know, videos and photos on Instagram and you think, oh my gosh, they post so consistently. It must take them no time to do that. It literally took me like two hours to write like a one paragraph caption the other day, just because I was overthinking it. But it's like, that stuff's allowed to take time. Be nice to yourself. And if it does take longer, that's okay because you get better at it as you go and you figure it out along the way, but you have to like, let yourself do that before you can get to that point where you are just, you know, popping these things out. Totally. It's, it's a good thing to keep in mind, both like tasks that may take longer in the moment and also life goals that you're like, I want to have this lifestyle. And like, you're clear about it. You know, the direction you want to go and having the patience and the acceptance that like, okay, maybe we're not there today. We probably won't be there tomorrow. But like, if we keep looking at that goal, we'll get there eventually. I'm curious, the role of goal setting in your life. Like, are you the type of person that has a strict like five-year plan? Or do you kind of just like make like more short-term goals? Or yeah, what does that look like in your life? Yeah, you know, <laughs> It's funny because when you and I first met, right, I had this whole plan of becoming a doctor, starting my own practice, X, Y, and Z. I had the next 10 years of my life mapped out. And now I live in my truck full time. We own a media agency and I race and like goals change. And I think that's the funny thing is like, I have goals all the time, but I'm also really flexible with them because things do change. I think they're great to have because they're really grounding and they kind of remind you of which direction you want to go into, but I allow them to be flexible too. And I think it's funny because at the end of every year, like around New Year's, my favorite thing is, you know, setting the scene, getting all wooey on myself and like having my, you know, vision board and mood board and like writing down my goals, right? And like having, you know, these goals for the year. And it's fun to come back like either six months later or a year later, look at it and be like, oh my God, I can't believe I actually accomplished all those things because they just happen. You, you know, you manifest that you make it work and it happens, but yeah, sorry to answer your question. Yeah. Goals definitely play a pretty big role in my life and keeping them in check often. I love that though, because people always say, oh, what's your five-year plan? And any time that I have set a five-year plan for myself, it's like right after that, some big event comes in and like totally changes the course of my life. Yeah, totally. It's it's hard to look. I, I think that the, it's a great practice, right? To be like, okay, in five years, I would love to own a home. And so how much do I need to start investing now or putting away now or, um, you know, stuff like that. I think that's helpful to look ahead on and see, you know, that five-year plan. But in terms of having like a strict regimen, for something in five years, like so much changes, so much happens. And I think, you know, goal wise, right. I have really big goals, but I'm not necessarily putting a time limit 
on them. I subconsciously think I have one, right. Of like having this business and how much I want to make in this business and how I want it to expand and grow, but letting it kind of happen organically too. And meeting smaller milestones rather than being like, Oh, in five years, it has to be this, you know? Yeah. I think it's just a good life skill in general to stay in a good headspace is to have that level of flexibility. Cause if you're so rigid that things need to happen that way, I feel like you're almost setting yourself up for disappointment because like, that's just not how life is. You can't put things in boxes, even though that's kind of the society we live in is trying to do that and then telling us oh well what are you doing in five years and it's like shit man I don't know I don't even know what I'm eating for lunch later today right I think that's actually another big lesson that we've learned this year too is it's like we look at what everyone else is doing and then you talk to them and you get an average answer of like I'm miserable and I hate my job and that is like such a big chunk of the population and they're all doing the same thing And so taking that and being like, okay, I'm going to do the opposite of that. And it's scary. And it's very much against what society like pushes us into doing, right? Like we're not taught how to start something for ourselves or even partner and work with somebody else starting something, right? We're not taught to do that. We're taught to work for somebody else and like be pretty silent about that. And I think if you can step away from those norms a little bit, you'll find that's where a lot of success and a lot of growth can happen. And that's not to shit on anyone in a nine to five either. If they're in a corporate job and they love it, if you love what you do, great, that's awesome. But I hated it. So I just find that we're a lot happier doing the opposite of what we see mainstream society doing. Totally. It's hard. It's hard to like break off the beaten path, you know? And then you're just, you get off the train after graduating and it's like, well, what do I want to do? Like, obviously the next step would be to get a corporate job, but like, do I really want that? And you know, what are the other options? Yeah. And I think that it's funny too, that, you know, there isn't really much wiggle room or time allotted for us to explore and to be curious. And so like, that's another big thing too, is I would encourage anyone who's curious about something to like run after that curiosity and learn more about it doesn't matter what it's in if it's in like you know sure a career and starting something or cooking or basket weaving I don't know like if you're curious and excited about anything go chase after that for a while and see what happens and what you learn from it and you'll be surprised like how much they tie into like everything else Mm. that you learn along the way to be successful I love that well one thing that I want to talk about too is, you know, social media is such a curated platform to show the highlights and the best of the best. And you guys are crushing your content. Like it looks incredible. I'm honestly so impressed every time I see you guys post stuff. But I'm curious, like, what's one thing that people might not expect? Like, it looks so glamorous to be living the life that you're living right now. And like, what is something unexpected and challenging about this reality that might not be on the front of your Instagram profile? Ooh, Sid, you're asking the juicy questions. (laughs) To be honest, the hardest thing about us living on the road was showers. Like we were disgusting and it looks, we look so glamorous and so cute. And I'm like, what they don't know is I haven't showered in two weeks, but I'm training every single day. And then we're going to like a grocery store and like washing ourselves off in like a grocery store bathroom. Like that was the reality of the truck living. (laughs) Dude, I was thinking about that. Like as I went for a run this morning and came back and showered and like prepping for this, I was like, 
how you clean yourself and like laundry. Yeah. Laundry would go to like laundromat, which was nice because then we could like sit there and they have Wi-Fi so we could work. So actually the laundry wasn't too bad, but yeah, the showering situation. And we, so the thing is too, is we have a seven gallon water tank on top of our truck that we could use as a shower and we have, but there would be times that it would be like so cold that you're just like rinsing yourself off really quick and Yeah. I think the other funny thing too is like mate, like one of the biggest, most common questions we get is how do you go to the bathroom at night? Because we have the truck and then we have the tent on top of the truck and you have to like go through the floor to get out. And so we don't want to do that. It's the middle of the night. So we'll just like unzip the tent and I will literally hold on to like Chase's leg or the thing and hang my ass out the window and just like go pee because I don't want to get out. Oh my god I love that image is hysterical especially like you know on social media it's like oh yeah like look at this reality so nice like the setup so legit and then it's like what we don't see is Jordan with her ass out at two in the morning. Oh my God. I wanted to post about this, but Chase told me, no, we were camping in Utah and we have Lou, right? Luggable Lou. It's like a portable shitter. And we had neighbors walking by and I'm just going to the bathroom and I'm just like, Hey. And I was like, I have gotten way too comfortable living in the truck because I just waved to someone while taking a shit. Like I'm canceled. Get me out of here. Like I'm not allowed to be here anymore. I love you so much. That's amazing. Thank you for sharing yeah. that. Did you do you feel like you ever struggled with being addicted to scrolling and like specifically on Instagram? Not really. I can see how people are though. I, I feel like I will get a hint of that where I'm like immediately waking up in the morning and scrolling or something. Or, you know, I'm bored and I pick it up and that's the first thing I do. And I, I notice those tendencies in myself. And when I notice them, I'm like, all right, we're we're done. We're not doing that. You know? And so I think I I can be pretty aware of that. Yeah. Um but I can totally see how it is addictive, right? Of constantly scrolling and seeing other people's stuff. But I think that that's what makes social media kind of dangerous, right? You're I don't think we're meant to consume stuff all the time. And like you said on your last podcast, like, I don't think we're supposed to be in touch with this many people. Like it's too much to keep up with. Yeah. It's so overwhelming. And I feel like we aren't always conscious in the moment. Even if you were just on it for a few moments, you know, maybe you scroll through like 10 reels and you're like, okay, that's fine. Not so much. But like, that's still so much information. I, I think that we don't allow ourselves to be bored enough. I think we need to get bored more. I feel like that's where creativity comes from. That's where, you know, self-reflection, like that's where all the good stuff is, is in being bored. But we have so much in front of us at all times that we're like overstimulated all the time. And I think that that's why we feel so anxious and stressed is, you know, our even our subconscious has to be overstimulated just from scrolling and seeing this stuff all the time. Yeah. And I bet for you as a runner, like has running been a good outlet for you for like emotional regulation and recharge yeah it it always has been I think um from a pretty young age that's always been an outlet and it's always been a very healthy outlet for me too and I think that that's what's kept me in the sport is that sustainability piece of it um but yeah because it allows you and and 
I don't get me wrong. I love going for a run and putting in like a podcast or music. Right. But it's really nice to like leave all the technology at home, no headphones, no watch, no phone, nothing, just go outside and run and like be present. And I think that that's really therapeutic. Mm. Mm -hmm. I love that. I'm curious. Do you feel like doing this more intensive racing season has at all changed your relationship to running? Yeah, I think it's given me a different perspective on running, right? Like I knew running from training for other sports and that lens, I knew running from the ultra lens and seeing, you know, that longer distance multi-day running type of style. And now I'm looking at it through a lens of racing fast paced. There's other people around me and I don't think it's changed the relationship necessarily, but it's definitely given me another perspective now added into running, if, if that makes sense. Mm, totally. Well, that's good. I'm glad. Cause I feel like sometimes if it can be like a job, mm. you know, sometimes that might shift the relationship. So I'm glad that it's still serving its purpose as like a therapeutic outlet for you. Yeah. And I think that's something I'm really trying to keep balance too. Cause I think it is really easy to go that side of things of, oh, I'm now racing for money. I have sponsors. I have obligations and people to impress or please or whatever it is, right? And it can get really intense and you can put a lot of pressure on yourself when that shift does happen. And I think I'm in the transition of that. And so I'm really trying to be careful about that because I I can see how that happens. But yeah, right now I think I'm trying to keep it fun because fun is fast and- if I can do that, I think I'll be pretty happy with the sports still. Mm, I love that. I do feel like being consistent in anything in life is always about keeping it fun and playful and having a good time. If it's not fun anymore, get rid of it. Like it, everything needs to be fun. If it's not fun, it's wasting your time. And your time is literally the most valuable thing that you own. Oh, I love that. I guess my last question for you is just what would be some advice that you would give a woman specifically about getting into running or getting into any, you know, fitness routine in their life who might be just completely lost and unsure where to start? Oh, I love this question. This makes my heart so happy. Oh, I just want to give them a hug is what I want to do because that is such an intimidating place to be. Like that can be a really especially when you're first getting into anything, like it's hard to be the worst at something or to start something and be new. And I think, oh gosh, so many things. One of them being you're allowed to be bad. Everyone was bad to start. You should have seen me run when I first got into running. Awful. Everybody (laughs) is. Everyone makes the same mistakes. Everyone, you know, goes through the same things. And so just like giving yourself the grace to make those mistakes, Mm -hmm. I think is huge. But especially getting into any sort of, you know, running, biking, anything, just know that you're allowed to start with what you have. You don't need anything. You don't need new clothes. You don't need new shoes. You don't need to look a certain way to do it. As long as it's something that makes you happy or curious or excited, you're allowed to pursue it and that I'm on your side and that I'm rooting for you. Honestly, like if you're nervous or scared about anything, bitch, I got your back. Like you've got this and I'm so psyched for you. 
<laughs> oh my God, I love that so much. You're amazing, Jordan. Thank you so much for being here. Thank I really you. appreciate your time. Yeah. So if people want to stay connected with you, where where can they find you? They can find me on Instagram. That's mainly where I'm at, at jordan.milbrath. Um, I'm also on YouTube. That's where we share all of my training, our, you know, running documentaries, our life, all that fun jazz. Um, that's Chasing Joe, J-O. And then that's kind of it. There's a new one called Lemonade that's out. I'm apparently on that one now. It's kind of like a blog. Uh, also Jordan Milgrath. But yeah, that's where they can find me. Awesome. I'll make sure to link both of those below so people can find it super easily. Oh, thank you so much, Cindy. Yeah. Thanks for being here. Thank you everyone at home for listening. I'm so grateful for your time and I will see you guys next time. 